Welcome to the Vivid Church Podcast. Wherever you're listening from today, it's our hope that this message would help you reflect the light of Jesus' life for all to see. Now, here's Pastor Justin Reimer. So we're excited that you're here today, and we are starting in a new series called Scan the Horizon. Scan the Horizon. I'm excited about this series. I think our creative team has done a phenomenal job. I'm really excited about this series uh, in part because next Sunday, someone say next Sunday. Next Sunday is Vision Sunday. Okay, Vision Sunday. Once a year, we have a Sunday where we talk about our plans for the following year. Next Sunday when we gather, we'll be celebrating uh, our church's second birthday. And at our birthday parties, it means everyone else gets a gift, so everyone's going to get a gift next week, all right? Get here on time, the like, exclusive gift for every person. But uh, Vision Sunday is all about what we're doing in this, which will be our third year. So some incredible things coming down uh, the pipe this year. I'm excited. I-, I keep telling people we're making big moves this year. This is a year of big moves, big things, new things, and uh, we're excited about that. One of the values we have as a church is to never stop starting. And so we're never going to go into a coasting mode and just exist. We want to be on the edge. We want to really live life to the full. So we're never stopping starting. Next week, we're going to talk about some new things that we're going to be starting this year. So don't miss that. And uh, if you could help us spread the word Vision Sunday, if there was any Sunday in the year that I would say is like an unmissable, like just don't do whatever it takes to get here. If you have to change plans, change plans, just make sure you get here uh, for Vision Sunday and hear about some of the amazing things that are coming. Sound good? Good. Why don't we pray and then we'll dive into the the message today. I'm excited about this collection of talks over the next month. Jesus, thank you so much for your presence in this place. Thank you that you are here with us. Thank you that uh, you have a word to speak to us. I pray for every person in this room under the sound of my voice or those who are listening later on a podcast. I pray today as we receive your word that it would do something on the inside of us, that it would Uh, be a catalyst for change on the inside of us, transforming us to look a little more like you day in, day out. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. How many people in in the place uh, know someone who is a complainer? Anyone know a complainer? In the place, someone's like, yeah, I see them every morning when I look in the mirror. Yeah. How many people you say, I know a complainer? Can you just wave your hand in there? If you're sitting beside someone that's a complainer, you can give them a little nudge to be a complainer. It's kind of interesting. Today, we celebrate Thanksgiving. And as we celebrate Thanksgiving today, I want to talk about complaints. I want to talk about complaints. You know, in our family, there there are a few of us. There's nine people who live in my house. And uh, amongst our, our seven kids, there are different personality traits that are really evident and really notable. You can see some things that certainly are a cause of uh, genetics. And then there's some things that are a cause just of God-given personality type. And then some things that are, are nurtured. There's interesting characteristics that exist amongst uh, different ones of our children. Titus, who's 10, is uh, he is probably the last person on the planet that you will ever hear complain about anything. He, he just does not have complaining in his makeup whatsoever. You could suggest to Titus any combination of foods on the planet, and he'd be like, oh, that actually sounds pretty good. 
Like, for real. You could be like, yeah, imagine a hot dog with chocolate sauce and, and, and relish. He'd be like, well, that sounds pretty good. And he will try anything, and his comment after trying it will be like, oh, that was pretty good. <laughs> like, you just, you, you cannot find a complaint within him anywhere. Now, I will point that out in him. I won't point out which of the members of our family maybe are on the other side of that ledger because we're still in process and we're growing. It's an amazing thing to live a life without complaint. I remember a few years back, we had moved our family from, uh, from this uh, area. We were living in the suburbs, and we moved down to the city of Los Angeles. And uh, we were there to serve in and help a, a church in the city of L.A., and, and we had awaited our visas, and they arrived, and it was time to move. And we got down there with so much excitement to live in Los Angeles, and, and there was some administrative details that were still lacking, like uh, the lack of a social security number. Without a social security number, though we had a visa, it was in process. Without a social security number, you can't get a bank account. Without a bank account, you can't uh, procure a rental property. Without a rental property, you can't go to school. And so here we were, we showed up with excitement and maybe just a little bit of a, a lack of administrative prowess, and we showed up with, uh, with excitement. I had already begun to work, and we realized we can't find a place to live, and our kids can't go to school until we wait on this paperwork to come through. Uh, you might not know this, but when you switch countries, many of you who are here in Canada uh, as a, a second location or a second home, or maybe you've lived in other places before, you find that that you arrive in a new country and you have no credit, like none. Whatever you've done in the past, now that might be a good thing for some people. You're like, all I need to do is cross a border and my credit score goes to zero. Zero would be a good score for me right now. But you show up and you just have a zero credit. And it doesn't matter what you've done up until that point. It's like starting back from scratch. So there we were, at that point, eight of us, no home, no bank account, no kids in school, no credit. Not the best opportunity or the best position to try to rent a, a, a property that will be suitable for eight people. And, and so we found ourselves for the first two months in, uh, in the city of Los Angeles living in a hotel room. In, in, yeah, like a, an, an actual, not hotel room, so a hotel room. And so we were staying at a place called the Sportsman's Lodge in Studio City, uh, you, Jason, you know the one I'm talking about. You, you would probably recognize it because it is often represented in TV and film as kind of like your typical dive hotel. Yeah. So there we were, Sportsman's Lodge, and, uh, and we were living there. And so I would go to work every day. When I came home from work, the kids were crazy. And uh, I would take the kids and all the laundry that had happened that day, like that day, yeah, there's a lot of us. And so we would go down to a laundromat. At the laundromat, I would pull out my iPad and we would play a board game on the iPad while the laundry was taking place. Meanwhile, back at the hotel room, Jennifer had a little hot plate and she was cooking up macaroni and cheese for dinner almost every night and, uh, and preparing a, a feast of macaroni and cheese for us as we returned from the laundromat with clean laundry. We would show up to our hotel room to the nice aroma of mac and cheese, which is now in our entire hotel room. After finishing the mac and cheese to the pool, we would go, and I would do my best to exhaust the kids so that they would fall to sleep quickly. After falling asleep quickly, I would sit down 
in the bathroom of the hotel room because the lights can't be on so the kids can go to sleep. I'd open up my laptop and I would go through all the listings of homes in the area to try to find a home. Meanwhile, you know, there's Titus. He's like, this is pretty good. It's pretty good. You know, it's not bad. It's pretty good. And it's interesting, you know, in a moment like this, I'll be really honest with you, my heart was full of complaints. Anyone else ever had a complaint on the inside? A stressor on the inside? A frustration on the inside? And it's times like that where you realize it is possible to have a complaint but not become a complainer. Today I want to speak to the complaints that exist in our life and remind us though we have complaints, let's not be complainers. See, a complainer is someone who identifies their very identity with their complaint. See, a complaint, if you were were to give it a synonym, a complaint, a series of words similar to complaint, difficulty, How many people in the room have ever had a difficulty, a challenge, an exception, an objection, a protest, a question? You see, in our life, there are a lot of frustrations, questions, difficulties, challenges, complaints that exist. And I believe sometimes in our our quest to be people of thanksgiving, people full of a thankful heart, We do our best to avoid anything that looks like a question, a complaint, a frustration, a challenge, or an exception because we don't want to be labeled a complainer. We don't want to become a complainer. But there's a difference between having a complaint and being a complainer. You see, a complainer is a person who identifies their or or categorizes their whole identity with that very complaint. Synonyms for a complainer are this, a bellyacher, a crab, a crybaby, a fault finder, a growler, a grumbler, a grump, a moaner, a nagger, a nitpicker, a troublemaker, and a fusser. I don't know. Has anyone ever been called a fusser? What a weird word. You see, it's possible to have a complaint without becoming a complainer. I actually believe this, that without complaints, generally speaking, we don't grow. Without frustrations, generally speaking, we don't take new steps. Without objections, we don't learn new solutions. Without issues of complaint in our heart, we never mature. We never uh, grow in our capability and in our capacity. You know, for, for a child, they begin to be mobile, not because it looks fun or sounds fun, but because they get frustrated with the inability to get where they want to go. You look, you look at a child, they, they're frustrated that, it, that they can't express what they want and they should just go get it themselves. And so they stand up and take a step. Now, what happens after they've taken that step is everyone gathers around and begins to cheer. And then the cheering begins to motivate more growth. But it doesn't start with cheering. You know, you, like parents don't say, okay, take a step. That doesn't mean anything to a child. What a child feels is it's frustrating to not be able to do what I want. They have a complaint on the inside. They have this desire to do something they can't do. And that frustration, that complaint, that protest becomes a catalyst for growth, a catalyst 
for change. If you have your Bible with you, would you turn to the book of Habakkuk? Habakkuk chapter 2. Someone's like, there is a word called Habakkuk? If, uh, if you need, you can look in the, the front of your Bible. If you have a Bible that looks something like this, uh, usually at the very beginning, there's like a, a table of contents. Look for the one that's hard to pronounce. You're like, that didn't help. They all look crazy. Habakkuk starts with an H, Habakkuk. If you've got a phone, you can type that in, Habakkuk chapter 2. And that's where this phrase, scan the horizon, comes from. Habakkuk has a complaint. Habakkuk has a protest. Habakkuk has a question. All of the first chapter of Habakkuk, he is laying out his complaint to God. His complaint essentially sounds like this. God, how come bad stuff is happening to good people? And how come good stuff seems to be happening to bad people? Anyone relate to that complaint? Come on, the day and age we live in, can anyone relate to that complaint? I don't think it's possible to care about justice unless you have a complaint on the inside of you. Like, I don't think anyone can truly care about justice unless they see what is unjust and it bothers them. Here, Habakkuk, he's bothered by injustice. He's like, something just doesn't seem right. This doesn't fit right. This doesn't feel right. And so he brings this complaint or this protest or this question to God. He goes, I don't get it. All like people who don't do the right thing seem to be honored. And then there's these people, at least they're trying. And by comparison, it seems like they're doing better. How come they're not getting the results that they deserve? And here, these people are not getting what they deserve. He brings this complaint. And then into Habakkuk chapter 2, he says this. In the message, it it puts it this way. I love the wording. The message puts it this way. Habakkuk speaking. He says, what is God going to say to my question? I'm braced for the worst. I'll climb the lookout tower. And I'll scan the horizon. I'll wait to see what God says and to see how he answers my complaint. I will climb the lookout tower. I will scan the horizon. What a great poetic thought. I don't know if there was literally a tower and (laughs) Habakkuk climbed up it and began to scan the horizon. But he's like, here's what it feels like on the inside of me. I've got this complaint. I've got this protest. Something doesn't seem to sit right with me. There's an injustice that I don't think should be happening. There is a protest in my heart. I'm not comfortable with it. I'm not okay with this. This is not good. And so here's my resolve. I'm going to climb the tower. I'm going to scan the horizon. And I'm going to wait on God. See what he says. Interestingly, some translations put it this way. Some translations say this. I'm going to wait till God gives me an answer so that I can answer the complaint. And I looked into this a little bit. Interesting. Here's Habakkuk. And, and, and potentially here are people like you and I today. He is to the people, the voice of God, and to God, the voice of the people. Interesting. He's standing in in. in between a group of humanity that is being treated unjustly and a God he knows to be righteous and just. And he's saying, on behalf of these people, God, I've got a complaint. Something's not sitting right. And I'm going to wait to get your answer so that when I go back to them with that answer and they complain, I know how you'd want me to answer it. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that where we find ourselves often, standing in between darkness and light? Standing in between death and life, 
standing in between hope and hopelessness and doing our best to reflect the light of Jesus' life for all to see and at the same time be visible to people who are lost and broken and hurting. So here's Habakkuk. He's got a complaint. The complaint he has is not even his own. It's on behalf of someone else. This, I think, is a pretty noble complaint. He feels the pain of those who are afflicted, and he's going, God, I'm going to need a a really clear, concise answer from you because when they say that doesn't make sense, I don't want to just give them a pat answer. I want the real truth. I think potentially for too long, as people who profess the name of Jesus, people who would say they are Christians, people who gather together in churches for too long, I think we have have done our best to, to kind of strong arm people away from having a complaint because we can't differentiate between a complaint and being a complainer. Well, hey, we shouldn't be complainers because you know what it says in Philippians chapter two, do everything without grumbling and complaining. And that's really true, but it doesn't mean you can't see what doesn't sit right. It doesn't mean that you can't see injustice and you should close your eyes to what isn't right and stop your ears from hearing what isn't right and do your best to live in a a utopian unicorn land where everything is just good. Let's just pretend it away. Let's just make ourselves feel good because injustice still exists. So here's Habakkuk. I just, something doesn't sit right. And so I know where I'm going to find the answers. I wonder today if, if you and I have a complaint about something. Not wanting to be complainers. I, I heard it said recently this, complaining is like coughing. It's okay to have, just cover your mouth. Like it's okay to cough, but cover your mouth when you do it because it's contagious. It's okay to have a complaint, but when you share it, <coughs> cover your mouth. Don't share your complaints with everyone else because it's crazy how complaints can become infectious and you turn complainers into the people around you just by them being you know, listening ears. They become complainers themselves. You see, a complainer is simply a problem describer. Think about that. A complainer has simply inundated themselves and focused on all of the nuances of the problem and then found new and creative and repetitive ways to describe that problem. Like, if someone is going to complain about the weather, they come up with new adjectives to describe the, the dislike they have for the weather. They don't say it's not very nice weather. They're like, oh, it's miserable out there. And then they come up with things like this. It's raining cats and dogs. What a weird statement that is, right? Come up with new ways to define and describe the thing that they don't like. That's what a complainer does. But I wonder if you're here today and there is a complaint in your heart. You're saying, God, in my life, I feel like something's not sitting right. Because I, I, I hear people talk about it. I see it in your word that you are faithful. And yet uh, on the inside of my life, I, I don't feel like I'm receiving the thing that you would promise to give. Like joy, I don't feel that joy. And then I, I read in the word, like it talks about like living in God's blessing, but I don't feel very blessed right now. And, it, and if we're not careful, we begin to define how unblessed we are, and we go from complaint to, to complainer by comparison, right? Because they're more blessed, and they're more blessed, and in the following ways, they're more blessed, and then there's me, and I'm not blessed. But, but yet that complaint exists. There's someone here, you say, okay, like I, I read in Scripture, it says it's not good 
to be alone and that God blesses people with like healthy relationships, but I am pretty single. Like for real single. You know, talks about prosperity. I'm not quite sure how I'm making rent this month. Right? Like talk, the Bible talks about God giving gifts to people. I feel like the most ordinary, bland, beige person that's ever lived. I got nothing going for me. God talks about boldness, living bold like a lion. I'm so terrified. I'm scared. Those are complaints. Those are complaints. What I would challenge us towards is why don't we let those complaints become catalysts for us? To become a catalyst on the inside. Imagine if everything that could incite complaint on the inside of us actually pointed us like Habakkuk to climb the watchtower, scan the horizon, and wait on God. Imagine if every time there was a disappointment, a protest, a frustration, an exception, we found ourselves saying, well, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go find the watchtower. I'm going to climb a tower. I'm going to scan the horizon. I'm going to wait on God because something's not sitting right with me. Now, I would propose to us today, if you would go with me on this, I'd propose that the uh, the watchtower is symbolic of thanksgiving. To climb a tower is symbolic of thanksgiving because praise causes us to ascend. Worship gives us new perspective as we step out of the perspective we see now and we get a higher perspective. That comes when we praise God. And the amazing thing is you can't look to the horizon until you climb the tower. Like if you're stuck amongst, like in an alleyway, you can't see the horizon. You need to get up from where you are and you need to find some new perspective and you need to ascend to some new heights. And upon doing that, you find yourself able to see the horizon. You're like, that's really simple. It's, it is. The truth of the matter is this. Cities are known by their skylines, not by the walls or pavement. Think about it. a city. In a moment, you can see a picture of, of a city like Paris and you recognize it because like that tower, the Eiffel Tower. I know that one. Didn't like cities are known by their horizon. By, by the way it looks when heaven touches earth. That's what horizon is, the spot where heaven and earth touch. So first thing I want to challenge us to, when there is a complaint, and I have a few, why not let that be catalytic to worship? See, one thing I do know, I'm going to have to climb a tower because right now it's looking pretty bleak. Right now it's looking pretty bad. Right now it makes no sense. Right now it just seems unjust. So either I'm going to become a complainer or I'm going to become a worshiper. Either I'm going to be a complainer or I'm going to be a climber. I'd rather be a climber than a complainer. So there we do. We get up on our tower. We say, I'm going to just climb again a tower that reminds us that, that, that God is above our ways, that his ways are higher than our ways. I remember uh, this week this song's been stuck in my head. I grew up in church, and so I have funny songs stuck in my head. If people who grew up in different places, maybe you have different songs stuck in your head. Maybe you're like, come on, Barbie, let's go party. It's still stuck in your head. I don't know. Like much music is stuck in your head. For me, I've got, I've got, like, I've got some funny church songs stuck in my head. I remember this one. 
like that, that's been kind of rolling through my head all week. God can do it again. Now it gets really creative. And again and again. He's the same God today that he always has been. Yesterday and forever, he's ever the same. There's no reason to doubt God can do it again. And then, like, in my mind, I see people looking at each other like, <laughs> like, that one's for you, brother. It's always brother. If you grew up singing that song, everyone was brother or sister. It's like, <laughs> and then it's like, let's do it again. And, 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 and you know, there was Sister Joan on the piano, Pum, 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 pum. God can do it again and again and again. And you're looking around like throwing thumbs up, throwing some high fives. But it's crazy. I found myself this week, I was walking and praying and thinking about Vision Sunday and some of the things that God is challenging us to and calling us to. And in my heart, it started to bubble up. God can do it again and again and again. And I'm sitting there walking through the, the streets of our city, like holding myself back from just shouting it on the top of my lungs and throwing thumbs up at everyone I see because God can do it again. That's what happens when you begin to praise. You find God can do it again. You start reliving and you start recounting the faithfulness of God. And you're like, man, he's the same God today that he always has been, yesterday and forever. He's ever the same. And it's crazy as you begin to praise and you begin to worship. And you begin to allow thanksgiving to change your perspective. You get this new perspective. And you're like, I am not walled in. I'm not hemmed in. I'm not stuck. I mean, I feel stuck, but it's crazy. I have one way I'm able to go, and that's up. Like sometimes you feel like I keep hitting a brick wall, but guess what? You can always go up. You can always climb the tower. Here, here's Habakkuk. He's like, it's crazy. I look here, injustice. I look over there, more injustice. But that, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to climb a tower. I got I to gotta keep on climbing however high I need to go until I can see the horizon. Okay, folks, whatever situation you're walking in, keep on climbing until you can see heaven and earth touching. That's what the horizon is. You keep on climbing until you can see that place where heaven is touching earth. And you say, well, I have to climb a couple of stories. Keep on climbing. Keep on worshiping. Like, like, the, the, the truth of the matter is you can either pretend the complaint away, which doesn't work, leads to no growth. You can become a complainer who defines yourself by that complaint, or you can start climbing. And maybe the, the ascension will take a while. But as you climb, he goes this, I'm going to get to the top of that tower, and then when I get there, I'm just going to look at the horizon. Here's some things that happen when you look to the horizon. Here's what looking to the horizon feels like. Number one, when you look to the horizon, instead of being a, a describer of problems, you know, a worshiper, they're a describer of God, aren't they? Complainer is a describer of the problem. A worshiper is a describer of God. And we, we say things like, oh, Lord, you're beautiful. Your face is all I see. Another old song gets stuck in my head sometimes. And, and we begin to describe the person and the majesty of God, the characteristics of God, we begin to talk about and we describe instead of the complaint, we describe the solution, right? Instead of the problem, we're looking at the answer, right? And, and, and so with ascension, then you can see the horizon. Here's some things that the horizon reminds you of. Number one, God is the creator. He makes something out of nothing. 
When I look at the horizon, I see that, man, there's God in his creative handiwork. He has brought heaven and earth together. And as far as I can see in every, every direction, I'm very aware that God's bigger than me. I'm very aware that he's more creative than me. I'm like, I cannot deny the, the scientific proof that my eyes tell me every day, like, this world is beautiful. There's God, the creator. He made it all. He made it all. And he made it by the voice of the, the, the word of his voice. I love that. So God, who can speak something into nothing, into your hopeless complaint, can speak something into nothing. God who has the ability to stretch sky out, like all through the Psalms and the Proverbs, they're like, you know, it's God, like the God we're talking about, the one who stretched out the sky from one horizon to the other. That God. Like, like you can trust that God. You can trust that that God's got enough power. In, in the book of Habakkuk, I see all these different descriptions. It's like, it's crazy. I look at people, they carved a piece of wood, and now they worship it. And they're making a go of it. This is crazy. Here I am trusting you, but I'm going to climb a tower. I'm going to look to the horizon. I'm going to wait to hear what your answer is. God, the creator, who makes something out of nothing. Because sometimes we believe that we should feel growth as it's happening, right? Like we believe we should feel the answer coming. I've got this complaint, this financial stress, but I should feel moment by moment that I'm, I'm getting closer to the answer. I have found in my life it rarely happens that way. Usually it feels bad until it feels good, right? I've got this issue that like many things in life are bad until change comes, right? When I need healing, I am in a bad place until I receive healing. And so we expect I should be able to see it coming. But, man, God's a creator who can speak hope into a hopeless situation. You know, I, I feel defined by the stress I'm under. I feel defined by this depression that I'm under. I'm so, hey, if, even, even though you lack some strength in this moment, can we come around one another and say, let's climb a tower together. Let's begin to pray. Let's stop describing the problem. Let's start describing the solution. And as we ascend and say, God can do it again. He can do it again. He's the same God today. He's always been. Yesterday, forever, he's always the same. And as we climb that, that tower of worship and thanksgiving, to then remind ourselves God's the creator. He speaks, he speaks uh, something out of nothing. Number two, the horizon reminds me not only is God the creator, but he's also the sustainer. See, it's at the, the horizon that I see that the sun comes up every day. And with consistency, the sun rises and then the sun sets. And there's a rhythm to it and it doesn't stop. The sun rises and the sun sets. And the God who is over all is over our day and our night. The God who is over it all, he knows when the, the, the sun rises. He knows when the sun sets. Another funny song that gets stuck into my head. From the rising of the sun till the going down of the same. The name of the Lord is to be praised. From Yeah, that's it. And then he just repeated over and over. It's crazy. The sustainer. Not only did he create and then back off, God who created stays engaged with his creation. 
The, the Bible puts it this way, that he, he actually pulls the stars out at night and calls them by name. What an amazing thought. God, he was describing sometimes like when these protests come and people are like, you don't get it. He's like, really? I don't get it? I love what he says to Job. Job is like, this is wrong. Job sounds like Habakkuk. And he's like, where were you the last time a deer gave birth? <laughs> um, I don't know. Exactly. It's like, where were you when hurricanes formed? Uh, he's like, I'm in the ancient Middle East. There's no hurricanes here. Exactly. So here's God who created and he stays involved in his creation. I just want to remind you that the sun will set on some things, but it's going to rise again tomorrow. Okay, there, there's a new day coming. There's a new dawn coming. And with the passing of days also comes the passing of seasons. And so sometimes we're in a season where we're not seeing the breakthrough we want to see. But God, who is the creator, who on that horizon point reminds us, I brought heaven and earth together. He's also the sustainer who day in, day out says, I'm still here. I'm not going anywhere. You're going to get through this. And days are past. The fact that you are still here is a proof of the faithfulness of God. You're still here. Another day. Another day. Here we go. We got this. God, who is the sustainer, he's with us. He's for us. He's not against us. When I scan the horizon, I don't just see God the creator. I also see God the sustainer. Number three, I see God the redeemer. God the redeemer. Look at this. Uh, Psalm chapter 103 in verse 12 says this. As far as the east is from the west, that's how far God has removed our sin from us. Man, one of the things that happens when you when you get some perspective and you scan the horizon is you, you start to see how completely God has forgiven us. He goes, like, measure out as far as you can, east from west. That's how far. They're not connected in any way. They're not touching any way. The crazy thing is this. So, so if you, like, look on a globe, right, you go north, 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 north. When you hit the North Pole, what happens? What happens? South, 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 south. You following with me? And then north, 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 north. But it has an and and then south, south, south. But if you go around the world this way and you're going, I'm going to just go west. You go west, 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 west. As far as the east is from the west, that is how far God has removed your sin. It's not a north-south thing where you could actually measure it out and say, I used to be a sinner, but now I'm saved. And You know, it's getting pretty close. Sometimes I feel like I start, you know, drifting back towards lost and my foundness. But as far as east is from west, that is infinite. That has no end. That's what the horizon reminds me. As far as east is from west, you could never find the end of the forgiveness of God. You could never find the end of the redemptive potential that God has for every person, the power he has to remove transgression and guilt and say, I'm going to take it away so you just don't have to see it anymore. It's gone. So when I look to the horizon, I see God the creator. I see God the sustainer. When I scan the horizon, I say God, see God the redeemer. And lastly, I see God the ruler. He's the ruler. Check this out in the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 22, it says this, God sits on the horizon. What an awesome thought. God sits on the horizon. In Job, it says this, the horizon is where light and darkness meet. In that tension point, that's where God's sitting. In that tension point, 
that point of salvation, that point of deliverance brought from darkness into light, that's where God sits. That's where he has put his throne, right there in the midst of chaos, right there in the midst of brokenness. Jesus, he came from heaven to earth, and he positioned himself and enthroned himself right at that point where heaven and earth collide, right at that point where an exchange takes place, where we bring our brokenness to God and we receive his wholeness, where we bring our pain to God and we receive his healing, where we bring our complaint to God and we receive his answer to our complaint. Throughout this month, we're going to be talking about vision. We're going to be talking about about what God has not only for us corporately but individually. Throughout this month, we're going to be believing for God to stretch us in ways that maybe we haven't been prepared for in the past. And even as I, I say things like that, complaints come up in our mind. Well, I don't know if I'm ready for that. I don't know if I'm into I don't know. Those are complaints. Just don't be a complainer. Just don't be a complainer. As you feel those complaints, why don't we ascend in worship and then watch for God to bring an answer. In the book of Colossians chapter 4, I'm going to end here today and then pray with you. Colossians chapter 4 and verse 2, it says this, devote yourself to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Devote yourself to prayer, being watchful and thankful. I think in that one, one statement, this scene is kind of made really vivid and clear. I have a complaint on the inside. I don't know how I'm going to give an answer for this. As I stand in between broken humanity and a good God, I, I want to live with joy that comes from an overflow of knowing Him, but I'm struggling right now. i got this complaint. I want to have answers to the problems that, that affect the lives of the people around me, but I feel lost for answers. I want to be more bold. It's not like I want to be scared. I want to be more generous. It's not like I want to be like, here I got this complaint. And so then the Bible says, hey, keep on praying. Be watchful and be thankful. Instead of being a complainer who, who describes the intricacies of that problem, be a climber. He says, all I know is that I'm going to fix my eyes on Jesus. I'm going to worship and describe to myself the goodness of God. And then from that position of thanksgiving I'm going to start to, to wait Waiting's a big part of this isn't it because I'm just going to scan the horizon I'm going to wait to see what God says can't anticipate what the answer might be that's the truth of it here Habakkuk saying I don't want to just a pat answer when people complain to me I want to know that I've really heard from God because I don't, I don't want to just say like don't worry about it it'll be good I want to actually have something to say the, the response we're going to get into next week where God's like, okay, here it is. Write it down. Make it really clear. In the message, it says this. Use block letters so it's easy to read. Because I'm going to give you a really clear answer to that complaint so you know exactly what the answer is. Not pat answers, but clarity. For some, you've been avoiding complaints in your life for a long time because you thought clarity wasn't a possibility. But I really believe God wants to give you clarity and answer into that thing that is causing complaint in your heart right now. We hope that you enjoyed this edition of the Vivid Church podcast. For more information about Vivid Church, check out our website at www.vivid.church or look us up on Instagram at vivid.church. Have the best day.